Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all new and mightier 1090 AM. Good afternoon on a beautiful Tuesday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I am joined as always, by producer G. Hay Wiley, associate producer Armani Buckets. Listen, I know it's raining outside. I always say it's a beautiful day because we're here talking about uh, sports, and it's a beautiful day in Los Angeles in particular because the Rams won their biggest game of the season. This was a must-win game for them. They're not in the driver's seat to win the division, but they needed a win like this. Listen, they, they, they had lost three straight games before they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars at home. That was a stopgap. No one's congratulating them for beating the Jacksonville Jaguars at home. They needed a quality win like this. And this is as quality as you're going to get when you talk about beating the team with the best record in football on the road. So to, to, to go into Glendale and beat the Cardinals 30-23, to 23, um, this is as good as it gets for the Rams. And the biggest thing about this was the adversity I mean, you talk about a game, and, and, and again, we, we talked about the game yesterday, but as soon as we were done with the show, multiple starters for the Rams ruled out because of positive COVID-19 test. That includes Daryl Henderson, Tyler Higby, Rob, Rob Havenstein, and the biggest one, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, you, you're talking about significant players for the Rams out for that game. They were already you know not expected to win so for them to find a way to, to win that game huge huge win for the rams um gee i had to start there just just because um again it is raining here in southern california and in los angeles but it is a beautiful day as far as the los angeles rams are concerned i mean what a win what a win for the Rams. We talk about moral victories and like, yeah, it was, it was great for the Rams to win, um, you know, in Jacksonville. It was a good, you know, good for them, pat on the back. Like they probably needed it, but wow, what a win. I mean, defense showed up. I, I mean, that's all I can really say because the, and the offense was there. It was great. You know, um, my, my friend, I use quotations with that. Odell Beckham Jr. showed up um, big time. Cooper Cup, I mean, what an MVP. Amazing. What an MVP of, uh, performance. Like, for those that just don't appreciate that man, like, you just shame on you because he just, he showed up in droves. So, um, and I wish I had him in fantasy. Um, but what a game. What a game for this this team. It kind of just also comes to show, goes to show you that, unfortunately, um, Kyler Murray doesn't really show up during these big, huge games, which is kind of sad because I think that a lot of people were expecting him to be this MVP standout player, right? For uh, th- them to have kind of their number. I mean, everybody had the Rams out, by the way. I think there were only maybe oh, yeah. like two people that really had faith. And I'm not going to lie to like I, you and I both, I think, Araj, we both didn't want, didn't think that they were going to win. I, and no, I and by the way, you know, I mean, you talk about the Rams had been struggling already. Now they go on the road to play the Cardinals, best record in football, 
And now they don't have Jalen Ramsey. They don't have Henderson. They don't have Higby. They already don't have Woods. I mean, like, so when they were healthy, they were struggling. When they were healthy, they lost three straight games. You want me to think now that they're hurt? And by the way, they, they did not game plan for these guys to be out. They found out literally right before the game. So, um, you know. Uh, clearly, I wanted the Rams to win. I was hoping the Rams would find a way to win. But I think anyone, if you're not in the Rams locker room, I don't know how you realistically pick them to win this game. Yeah, no, there, there's no, there's no way. I am, I didn't even think, especially that last play in the end where Aaron Donald just comes through and just whips oh, yeah. through. I and defensively and just defensively, I did not think that this team was going to step up. That was my yeah. main concern. Offense, you have Cooper Cup. If they ran the ball, and I think we talked about this, if they ran the ball, um, they would open up Cooper Cup a little bit more and they'd be able to maybe open up their offense. But defensively, you know, without Jalen Ramsey um, and without a lot of their linemen, their corners, like it just it didn't seem feasible. But wow, you know, you got to give it to this Rams team. Like they, they showed me that they could contend for a Super Bowl with this game. Just and by game. the way, Odell Beckham Jr. and and it was going to take him some time. I mean, he was not going to come off not like off the street, but like I mean, come in from Cleveland and pick up the schemes that quickly. This was his first game where it looked like okay, he's on the same page with Stafford. He's not one hundred percent there, but you're beginning to see. Wow, they miss Robert Woods, but if Odell Beckham Jr. can 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 give them the type of performance he gave on. On in that game, they're going to be in good shape. And defensively was a big key because defense, and we've talked about it this season, they have struggled. Raheem Morris has struggled. This team has struggled. But but Donald, and dominating performance for him, a dominating performance for that defense, they gave us some, um, you know, some stress at the end of the game by not recovering that onside kick. But, um Listen, Donald is showing, listen, if the defense can play like that, if Matthew Stafford, big, big win for him, if they can, if they can play like that, and by the way, there, there were mo- moments and we wanted, not wanted to, but, you know, Stafford struggled to the point where he was once again now being compared to Jared Goff. Stafford had a few passes in that game where you're like, no, 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 no. Let's 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 take it back a little. He is not Jared Goff. I mean, Matthew Stafford has these moments in the game where he is an elite quarterback. I mean, that that pass to uh Coop, to Cooper Cup threads the needle. That was a perfect pass. So um we'll see. It's just one win. But now they've they've strung two wins in a row again. This is this is the biggest one. When you talk about going on the road, dealing with adversity, if they can kind of go on a run here, again, I think it's gonna be hard for them to win the division, but they certainly, you know, can can be that number five seed. And we've seen again, Gia, you're a Giants fan. You, you don't necessarily have to win the division and have home field to win a Super Bowl. So we'll see what they do. But Huge win. Huge yeah. win for the Rams. Yeah, and on top of it, Raheem Morris, you just kept your job for one more week because of that defense and how they Well, they weren't going to fire him in season. No. He struggled. He struggled. But, but yeah. he's not he's not he's not doing really great. That's no. you know, that's all I got to say. Like he uh, again, yeah, they're not, they're not going to fire him. I'm not saying that they're going to let him go this, but you know what? The the NFL is is brutal, man. Like, you know, it's a make or break win or go home kind of a league. So 
I wouldn't put it past them, <laughs> but yeah, he, but he stays, he lives another to, to uh, compete another day. Yeah, no, a, a big win for the Rams, big win for Raheem Morris and the defense. Um, this was a big uh, night last night when you talk about Los Angeles versus uh, Phoenix. Uh, the Clippers defeating the Suns, a big win for the Clippers. One of those weird games where, you know, what 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 does it really mean in the sense that obviously Kawhi's been out this whole season so far. Paul George misses the game. And then from the Suns, Devin Booker. Uh, was also out. Darmani Buckus really doesn't care about the National Football League. He is a recovering Chicago Bears fan. But we will loop him in here in terms of, listen, I think any time the Clippers can defeat the Suns, obviously a rematch of the conference finals from a year ago. And I think anytime you, you can win a game without Paul, Paul George, um, you know, regardless of who you're, you're playing again, the Suns are 21 and five this year. The Clippers now improved to 16 and 12. They defeat the Suns 111 95. Um, so buckets. I mean, again, this is if if the Clippers can can find a way to win some games, certainly against the Suns, even though that they're hurting without Paul George, a big win for them. I think this is a season where we'll see what they do. I don't think they have any illusions that they're going to you know be a contender for a championship this year. But if they can build on some of the depth that they have, some of the young players that they have. Uh, you know, this could be a season where we look at it as a building block towards a, maybe a championship contending team in the 2022-23 season. I look at it and I see that this team, although last night was not indicative of maybe where the season has been for them consistently, that's three in a row now without Paul George. And yeah. it doesn't matter who you're beating. To win three in a row without your MVP caliber player is very impressive. And what was also very impressive by that performance was the fact that their starters finally seemed to gel together. Marcus Morris, 24 points and a plus 24. Reggie Jackson with a plus 24. Luke Kennard, plus 21. Terrence Mann, plus 17. So their starters really, really went to work against the Suns starters last night. And again, Suns without Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. It's not like you can take away a lot from that individual game, but the fact of the matter is this is a Clipper team now that is not so reliant on the Paul George and the Kawhi Leonard, similar to how they got to the Western Conference Finals last season. Now their next game is Wednesday in Utah, mm. and Utah has won seven in a row. When we talk about the tiers in the Western Conference, Tier 1 teams, Phoenix and Golden State are for sure in that first tier. Utah might be in that first tier. They they have a lot to prove in the postseason, but they're a very good team. The Clippers and the Lakers are working to try to get close to that first tier. Now, of course, like you just said, Arash, the Clippers might not be competing at this moment for a championship, but you never know mm -hmm. because it's not like anybody. Look, the Suns are in that first tier, and yes, they're missing guys, but the Clippers smacked them last night, right? Mm -hmm. So how far away are the Clippers when fully healthy from Tier 1? These kind of games against a Utah on the road, we'll see if Paul George goes. That's what's going to uh, indicate whether or not they can actually hang this season. Like you said, it, it's not like we expect them to necessarily, but I mean, if it's there for the taking, yeah. they're going to they're gonna try to be in that Tier 1. Them, Memphis and the rest of those in that middle of the Western Conference pack, the Lakers. 
Oh yeah. What, 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 I mean, you, the thing about the Clippers, though, the wild card, of course, with them, is that well, let's just say they get into the playoffs. I mean, I, I when I say that, like, if they don't have to play in that play in game because for whatever reason playing in that game takes a lot out of you every it's it's a one game playoff um you know let's say the clippers get in as the six seed and let's say for the last week of the season they have Kawhi. i mean you go back to toronto when they won the the championship their goal that season with load management and the effect that, that that's had on the league where every team is now kind of practicing that if they get a fresh and healthy Kawhi in the postseason and Paul George is right and, and this team with their core players and their glue guys and whatever, I mean, that's kind of a scary team because we know next year they're going to be a contending team. But let's, again, let's just say that they, you know, they're that five, six seed. Um, the Clippers with Kawhi are a different beast. I mean, that's a team that I obviously I'm not going on a limb here. I think if they're healthy, they're in the finals, and that's a great NBA finals. Not that it not that it wasn't with the Suns, but when you look at the postseason Kawhi had last year, I think if he's healthy, obviously did they beat Utah like they did when he missed the last two games of that series. But I think that they beat the Suns and they give Milwaukee a run. I mean, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say, A, that they're in the finals for the first time in team history, and B, they, they won the championship. So now you fast forward this season. If, if this group continues to find a way to win enough games, and right now they're, they're, they're in the playoffs, um, with Kawhi, again, this is a dangerous team. This is – what we talk about all the time, not to flip it to the Lakers, yeah. but the point is that we always ask, you know, what could the Lakers do differently to construct the roster, right? And this is why the Clippers are so good. It's because of the guys that they get that are not the stars. Mm. Isaiah Hartenstein has been such a great find for them in the offseason. And then you talk about guys from last season, like a Terrence Mann, like a Luke Kennard, although they might have slightly overpaid him, sure. but he's producing now. And then you look at a guy like a Reggie Jackson who stepped in and was a star. That is what separates, for me, the Clippers from the other teams in that tier in the West and why I'm confident that they will consistently be in that championship mix and talk, even when they're not healthy, is because they always win on the margins. They always get guys that are going to contribute. Then when you look at, on the flip side, the other side of L.A., all the Lakers fringe guys, for the most part, have kind of underperformed to this point. So when we look at the big picture of this season and going forward, it's all—it's not always going to be about the Kawhis and the Paul Georges, mm -hmm. right? It's going to be more about how do your role players fit with the stars and can they hold you above water when the stars are nowhere to be found, yeah. right? And, and, and to be honest, I mean, the way that they came together when Kawhi went out, I mean, I thought for sure that they were going to, you know, lose the last two games of that series to Utah, and that that was it. I mean, I mean, the fact that they found a way to go into Utah, beat the Jazz, and close out that series in blowout fashion, again, that was the number one seeded Utah Jazz. And again, without Kawhi, they pushed the Suns to six games, should, should have been seven. They should have won that game one there. Um, again, they all came together. I mean, gee, you know, like when you look at this team, 
it, it, it really is a perfect Clippers team in the sense that, you know, they're a blue collar, you know, fan base, you know, that, you know, that, 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 yes, they have the stars. I think you need stars to win and compete, but they got the glue guys. They got the grinded guys. And, and, and if, if, if this group can find a way and it looks like they, they, that they will get into the playoffs and if Kawhi's right, this is going to be a tough team to beat. Yeah, I mean, you already said it, um, Armani. Like, this is the team of the people. This is these are role player guys. These are guys that are able to bust out wins when your stars are are gone, and that's what the Lakers, unfortunately, I personally think are missing. Um, Right? You get you need these guys that are they've come together as a unit, and I've always said that. Like, um, I think the second that you saw a bunch of them all come together and go to Vegas for. for for the preseason like the, they didn't have to do that they didn't have to go and bond with each other and do do any of that stuff this is like a professional team right but these guys are acting like they're you know kind of had that they have that camaraderie with one another and it's showing on the court right now which is great um again team of the people i love it i i love this clipper team i love how they're coming together and i i love the fact that they can play and perform without their stars, play and perform without Paul George. Like he can be confident to be like, you know what? We can beat the Suns, you know, who are number one in, in the West right now. So I hope they just keep this gravy train going. Um, I, I would, I would love to see them, you know, again, make it past the second round again. So, but we'll see. Do you, do either of you think that the Clippers need a trade this season? Because we all, you know, trade deadline is going to be coming up sooner than we expect in February. And the role players are doing so well. We always talk about how teams can improve at that time of the year. Is this Clippers team requiring a trade? Because the role players look solid. I mean, I I personally don't think that they need one. What do you guys think? I mean, I'm okay if they don't get, uh, if they don't trade up or they don't um, get anybody, but you know, that that's kind of above my pay grade. I, I, I would, I would be okay with them getting, um, you know, maybe another role player and just helping them out a little bit. Yeah, you know, for me, I I won't I, I don't want to do a deal just to kind of try to contend this year. And here's why. I mean, Kawhi will either come back this year or he's for sure gonna be back next season. I, I'm building this team around Kawhi, Paul George, Jackson. Like I'm I'm not trying to figure out a way, listen. Kawhi's not going to be back this year, but we need another guy to, to contend this year. No, I mean, listen, I not that I'm going to concede to the Golden State Warriors and the Suns, but um, I'm thinking about long term. And I'm thinking I've signed Paul George for the next, I don't know, four years, Kawhi for the next four. I'm not doing a deal to try to win this year. Again, if it happens, great. But I, I think the biggest move that they're going to make, quote unquote move, is if Kawhi comes back. And and we don't know if he will. I I got the the feeling or the sense that if this is if this team is contending, if they're in that six seed, certainly if they can find a way to sneak into that four five matchup. The reason I like that is you know I mean, that, that you're, you you kind of like evenly match there. Um, if 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 they can find a way to get Kawhi back, that's the move. I mean, the, the, you don't have to mortgage the future or trade anyone to to try to compete right now um you know something that i think the league is gonna have to deal with and we've really seen that play out again i just talked about it with the rams the next two chicago bulls games 
and Armani, you could touch on this because you're a Chicago Bulls fan. I think the league is realizing that they're going to have to deal with COVID through the next year. And Gia, you, you know, not that you want to take a victory lap, but you said this at the beginning like, that this thing is going to continue through 2022. Uh, I think the league knows that now. And, and what's happening in Chicago is crazy. It really is crazy. I woke up today, and as soon as I wake up, the first alert was that there's four Brooklyn Nets now that are out. So it's it's just the the league needs to figure out a way. Obviously, they figured out postponing the two Bulls games, but this stretch is going to be so crucial for Adam Silver and the rest of the people that run the NBA to figure out how that they can manage this situation. And you would think by now they would have figured something more feasible yeah. out, but it, it seems like we're still in that same loop and that same cycle. 100%. All right, let's leave it there for now. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more about that big Rams win last night against the Cardinals, the biggest win of the season for the Rams, keeping their Super Bowl hopes alive. All right, we'll talk about that when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5, the fan in Las Vegas. We will be right back with the Arash Markazi Show. And you are listening to a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. You're listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. When we come around... Welcome back to the Rosh Markazi Show on the Mighty Air 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Again, big win for the Rams last night in Arizona, Monday night football. They made you sweat at the end, giving up a late touchdown to the Cardinals, giving up the onside kick, but that Rams defense really stepped up big. And in a twofer, the Clippers beat the Suns, so a big uh, night for Los Angeles over the two Phoenix teams, um, really kind of putting the Rams back in the Super, Super Bowl conversation. I, I don't know if they had lost that game, which would have given them four losses in five games and really four bad losses in the sense that you want to see how a team does against another contending team. And they had failed against the Titans on Sunday night football. They had failed against the 49ers on Monday night football. They had failed against the Packers in America's game of the week on Sunday. Um, and again, so they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars at home. Who cares about that? They have their own problems. Um, they really, if they wanted to be in the conversation, in the mix as a Super Bowl contending team, could not have lost to the Cardinals. That being said, they were in no position to beat the Cardinals. I mean, finding out right before the game, you're not going to have Jalen Ramsey, Daryl Henderson, Tyler Higby, you know, five other players. Um, and by the way, we, we touched on it. I mean, we're kind of back to where we were um, a year ago, like as it pertains to COVID. I mean, you go back to June 15th, and certainly I, as I think back to what – I did, and perhaps we all did, that July 4th weekend where, where we kind of were celebrating life coming back to normal. I mean, we, we were past COVID. I mean, all the restrictions, for the most part, had been lifted. Uh, I remember going to Vegas, no mass. Um, and now we're kind of back in a, a position. Games are being postponed. Events are being canceled. Players are being sidelined. Uh, you know, th this is a really a tough deal now. And 
I, I think scientists had predicted that in the winter and around, you know, the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, we would be going through this. I'm cautiously optimistic. Who the heck knows? I'm not a scientist. But that by March, but by the spring, we will be fully past this. And that will be, I mean, who would have thought two years, two years of the pandemic. But um yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we'll we'll see, but the, the we will have a full mask mandate. Gia, your 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 thoughts? I mean, you you kind of have to work in this in this like ordeal. Full ma- regardless of vaccination status or positive or negative or whatever, mask mandate back in California beginning what? Uh, Gia, tomorrow? Tomorrow, yeah. So as of Wednesday, you now have to. Uh, which it kind of doesn't really make sense because this has kind of always been yeah, that's what California's I too, right? mandate. Yeah, like every time you go into a Target, every time you go into a Whole Foods, every time you go into any indoor area, I mean, there's never been an issue with um, masks. Everybody's had to wear one. At least I've gone in and worn a mask regardless of your vaccination status or lack thereof. Um, you have to go in in with a mask. Um, I think maybe this is going to be a little bit more pertinent for restaurants yeah, as opposed to everything else, right? Everything else is um, uh, maybe there'll be a little bit more restrictions as far as restaurants and as far as maybe uh, stadiums uh, and, and non-outdoor uh, areas. So I, I think that the, to be honest with you, this isn't going to change. I, I hate to say that I was right, but yeah, I, I was right. And I think we're so we're in it for the long haul, to be honest with you guys. I don't think that it's anything's going to change anytime soon. Um, I, I mean, I, I still think it's incredible that people, you know, are, I, I guess are, are shocked. It's, it, it's also flu season right now. Yeah. Right. So it's quote unquote winter slash flu season. Um, viruses are going to, to stay. Viruses are going to be here. So I, I don't think that this is something that we should really be in shock over like a new mask mandate. I think, and also people are saying that they're tired of this. I'm obviously everybody's sick of this. I'm just, but where is it going to end? In my opinion, I don't think it's going to. Yeah. So again, you know. hopefully again, I think pe- people expected with the flu season, with the holidays, people getting together, traveling, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's that there would be a surge again. Hope, hopeful that by the spring, by March, uh, which will again be the two-year mark, that we will be past this. You brought up the restaurants. I again, this is a sports show. Have to take a second to knock the Manhattan Beach City Council, which voted five to zero to take away outdoor dining beginning January third. Manhattan Beach will now be one of the first cities. First city, when, when you talk about the, the outdoor dining and how perfect it is, it is really made for Manhattan Beach, where we both live. And it, it was one of those things where I, I kept thinking, like, man, I really hope that this stays for good. The fact that Manhattan Beach will now be the first to do away with outdoor the dining now that these new restrictions are in place, now that the variants are in place, now that all this is happening, that beginning January 3rd, the outdoor dining is going to be gone. It, it it makes no sense. All these places that have that spent months constructing that outdoor d- d- dining and, uh, you know, th- there's a lot of places that when you talk about the effect it will have on them, combine the mask mandates, 
combine the variant, combine the fact that they are going to make it mandatory that you show your vaccination status, and you're going to take away the outdoor dining. Uh, you know, Gia, you you live here, you're from here, you're this is your home. Again, I didn't really realize this about Manhattan Beach. This is ridiculous. I mean, by the way, five to zero, there's not one person that says, hey, listen, like these restaurants will, I mean, they've already struggled over the past two years. What they're going to force them to do now uh, is just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, this goes. This unfortunately just goes to show you that it's it's all about people that have never ever been in the service industry. It's all about people that ha- are like the the little guy, I guess, is what for lack of a better phrase. Um, if you think about it, Target, uh, Whole Foods, uh, if you live by a Ralph's or an Albertsons or whatever, all these places they get a pass right? They're, they're getting like, the, these are necessary evils or whatever. Like they, we need restaurants, we need Target, we need an Amazon, we need all these other things, but then we don't need restaurants. We don't need these places that people want to go to because they don't want to cook. They don't want, they want a little bit more convenience. Like, come on, you know, and these are mom and pop shops, by the way, in Manhattan beach, Manhattan beach and pretty much the South Bay in general, they're the ones that one um, area or pretty much a lot of LA is an area where they don't have corporate places. If you look throughout Manhattan beach, Hermosa Redondo in the downtown area, I defy you to see a place that's corporate. Yeah. I defy you to see a McDonald's. I defy you to see a Taco Bell in like on the other side of, of pier Avenue. Like I defy you to see a a place that's not a mom and pop shop. So uh, like a one kind of a one off. Right. Um, yeah, you may, you might have like this, this group and you might have like these big, huge um, places that have multiple locations, but they don't have, they're not McDonald's, they're not Taco Bell, they're not Jack in the Box, they're not these places, they're not, you know, Trader Joe's or Target or whatever. Um, th- this is really sad, in my opinion, because this, these are places that I grew up with, right? These are uh, like por- the kettle is a great example of that. That's a mom and pop shop to the core. Um, just a great diner that I love. Shout out to their, uh, their Thursday soup uh, that I always get every Thursday. But so these are places that you're going to make them suffer for what, you know, I just, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of this ordinance. Like let them stay open. Who cares if they have outdoor dining and they, and they're taking away like three parking spots. Yeah. Like there, it's not like they're taking away an astronomical amount and majority of people from the South Bay, they walk to their location or they Uber there. You know, it's not, I don't know. This, this whole thing is obviously I'm not happy about no, it. So it makes sense. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, gee, with that being said, let's, let's now uh, transition into some questions uh, regarding sports. And if people want to send in questions again, we will once again, make this a regular part of segment two. If uh, the great listeners out there want to contact us, how can they do that? That's right, Arash. You guys can email us at show at gmail.com. Again, for those who do not know how to spell Show, that's cool. We're here for you. <laughs> um, it is all lowercase A-R-A-S-H-M-A-R-K-A-Z-I-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Leads us to our first question from Jared Arnold from Southgate, who asks, do you believe that the Clippers win against the Suns was a glimpse into the future of championship dreams? 
No, listen. I mean, I mean, the only reason that I I kind of uh, chuckle is that there was like too many significant players not playing in that game. So Kawhi Paul George out for the Clippers, uh, DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker out for the Suns. So you you just it, it, that that it wasn't a preseason game, but it, it didn't have the look and feel of a significant game. Certainly not a preview of what's to come. But listen, I like what the Clippers have done. I like the makeup of this team. I like the way that they've drafted, not surprisingly, when you've got a front office that includes Jerry West. I like the uh, the long-term stability of this team. I think years ago when the Clippers were good, they kind of like lucked into a draft pick or lucked into a trade or something like that, and they were good for a year or two, and then they were terrible again. They have a core group, and when you talk about Steve Ballmer, when you talk about Jerry West, and Ty Lue, I mean, they not that they lucked into Ty Lue, but I mean, if the Lakers had any sense, they would have hired Ty Lue. They wanted Ty Lue. Ty Lue wanted to go there. They lowballed him. And they, they pretended like this guy wasn't a wanted commodity, that he lucked into his championship. I mean, the thing that I love about Ty Lue, not to go on a tangent here, is his ability to get pl- players to believe when they are down, when their backs are against a wall. And you look back at the Cleveland Cavaliers, down 3-1 in that series. You look at the... Um, you look at the Clippers in the, the Dallas series, you know, when they lose the first two games at home in that series and they're down by 20 points in game three, find a way to come back. So, um, again, that game last night, good win, solid win, not a glimpse into the future, but um, I like the core group of this team. I think when we talk about championship aspirations, I'm going to be probably a little different than a lot of people because. I like to think of championship aspirations as if this team wins, would I be completely shocked? If the Memphis Grizzlies were to win the title this year, I would be completely shocked. As good as they've been, I would be completely shocked. With the Clippers, would I be completely shocked? Well, I could see a scenario where, you know, they get healthy, everything goes right. And if they're healthy, we've all said that they're one of the best teams in the NBA. So I I wouldn't say I would be completely shocked. But with that being said, it's not that game last night didn't change my mind as to where they stand currently. They're still in that next tier of teams. But, you know, that next tier of teams with the NBA being so wide open, I wouldn't be, like I said, completely shocked. Cleveland, a team like that, that's overperforming overperforming if they won obviously I think we would all be completely shocked but the Clippers are a little bit ahead of those kind of teams at least to me yeah yeah I mean to be honest yeah to be honest with you I am such (laughs) I am such a pessimist when it comes to the clip when it comes to Clipper Nation so you know I actually would be completely shocked if the Clippers did make it again past the second round and and had championship and won an NBA title in this season. I think Arash, you hit on this in the first segment that, you know, they're, I, they're, they're climbing. They're, they're not going to win it this year. You know, this isn't, it's not a realistic thing for them to win this year, next year. Yeah. You know, with a fully healthy team, it's a possibility, yeah. but right now that they're just not playing to win this year. Um, with that, we're going to move forward to Wade crane from commerce who asks with two great wins, from both Los Angeles football teams, we are looking. Are we looking at a future Super Bowl? 
You know, I mean, the thing that I like about both of the teams here in Los Angeles is they have really good, great quarterbacks. Now, Herbert's next level. I think Herbert is now in his second year. No quarterback has thrown for um, over 30 touchdowns in his first two seasons. I mean, what he's doing hasn't been done since Dan Marino. So he's next level. You know, with Stafford, he's been in the league for a while. Obvious improvement over Goff. Um Listen, the Rams' win yesterday, last night, against the Cardinals really puts them back in the Super Bowl conversation. They certainly were there halfway through the season. At 7-1, and one, they were the Super Bowl favorites. But then you lose three straight games, uh, don't look good. Uh, so my, my view is this. Listen, the big game Thursday night here at SoFi, um, I don't think the Chargers are a Super Bowl team this year. That being said, they did go into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. If they once again beat the Chiefs at SoFi Stadium, th- that kind of changes. Now, I, 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 that win would kind of lead me to believe, all right, maybe the Chargers are a contending team. So this is a really big week for both teams in Los Angeles in, to, in terms of me in sports books and people viewing them as Super Bowl teams because they both had really good first halves of the season, but they both struggled uh, recently. Now, they're both, um, again, big win for the Rams. If the Chargers can find a way to beat the Chiefs at home against uh, the uh, Chiefs, I'm now putting them back in – in the picture. So I really think both teams have done everything that they can to perhaps play at home in the Super Bowl. Um, currently, if I were to, you know, have a pick for the Super Bowl, I would say, uh, you know, I don't want to say a rematch again, but I mean, maybe, listen, okay, so I'll flip it a, a little bit, maybe Packers and Chiefs in the Super Bowl. But, um, Listen, big win for the Rams. I think they're back into the picture. If the Chargers win this week against the Chiefs, they're in the picture too. So I don't think either team is in the Super Bowl this year, but they're more in the conversation than they were a week ago. Yeah, Yeah, I agree with you on that. I I agree that they're more in the conversation. I still, unfortunately, don't see a, a situation where we have a home field advantage so to speak you know where we have the chargers in there or the rams in there um i think the rams a little bit more so because that was a huge win for them i mean no offense the chargers play the giants they're terrible they're garbage so (laughs) you're like let's let's not get our hopes up here for championship you know caliber performances from the uh los angeles chargers um but the Rams, yeah, I can I can see it. I can see them contending for it. To be honest with you, my pick for the Super Bowl is Brady versus Belichick. Oh, uh, that's, that that's be who great. I'm seeing yeah. going in there. Yeah, that's who I'm seeing oh. coming to LA. Um, would be the Patriots and uh, obviously Tampa. I, I think that that would be and uh, and what a great story that would be too. Oh, right, amazing to, for them to compete. And that's always been a, in the conversation. I think in the NFL, yeah. everybody's always talked about it. Um, Armani, do you? Yes, we have, have, we have one more question here from Jeff from Torrance. Jeff is wondering, who do we think has more trade value right now in the NBA? Talon Horton Tucker of the Lakers or Brandon Boston of the Clippers? Well, here's the thing about Taylor Horton Tucker. I mean, he's a little bit more of a proven commodity in terms of, you know, we've seen him for a few years now. I mean, still super young. I mean, I am always amazed 
when I hear how old Taylor Horton Tucker is, uh, because he was, I think, the youngest player to win a championship. He he just turned 21 years old. Like this, I mean, last month around Thanksgiving, he just turned 21. So it's not like, you know, uh, you know, again, he, he's been in the league for a, a few years. He's won a championship. Again, I think a little, a, a little bit more of a proven commodity. And I do like these young players who have been in the postseason. And I know the Orlando championship was a unique one, but listen, at the end of the day, he held that trophy, played well in, in the postseason. I don't know what he did during the time off, but he did not play a ton prior to the pandemic pandemic hits i have no doubt he worked out and, and and but when they came back he contributed so brandon boston's a little bit of a different story where he's super young and so we've seen glimpses but uh, again i would have to side with Taylor horton tucker i think it's so close i think that they both it depends on who you ask around the league because they're both so polarizing right Taylor horton tucker um, there was there was a tweet yesterday that there are seven teams that are highly valuing trading for him. Now, a lot of that is agent talk, and a lot of that is just GMs trying to fluff up players' values around the league. With that being said, he is a very intriguing commodity. My, my issue with Talon right now is that I need to see if he can actually be a guy that can fit in without the ball in his hands offensively. Brandon, it seems like he can kind of play where he doesn't need the basketball to be as effective as possible. So I would lean slightly towards Brandon Boston Jr. and his upside, but it is so close. And it really just depends on who you ask around the league. Yeah. GA, who, who are yeah. you on? Defense. Yeah. Defense. Anybody that can give me some effort. And I think that uh, Brandon. Uh, Boston Jr. is is that guy. Yeah, I, I I need a defensively minded kid, and that's who I would pick. As, that's who would have the most trade value for me. And by the way, love always get getting these questions again. Arash Markazi Show at Gmail dot com. Um, and we will we, we will continue to do this in the second segment. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, stay safe, stay healthy. The Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all new and mightier 1090 AM. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.